All right, time for Global News Watch to look at some of the international headlines that we have here in the studio. Nicholas Moore. Nicholas, good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, there's been a series of videos and tweets coming out after uh, the U.S. President Donald Trump left the hospital, and uh, he is trying to show that uh, he is uh, feeling good, he's uh, intending on campaigning, and really showing off, I guess, his robustness, his his strength. Um, If you are... Part of MAGA, you kind of think this is great. If you're outside, you kind of think uh, kind of similar to North Korean propaganda here going on. But it seems like the uh, the strategy is to uh, play at the sympathy for um, a lot of people who have been devastated and uh, severely affected by COVID-19. Yeah, that would be the strategy that polls show 41% of Americans think would be uh, more beneficial for Trump yeah. and his campaign to take this virus more seriously. Yeah. Uh, and some of his advisors have pushed that strategy to show more sympathy to the people who've been affected by it. But instead, I think Trump feels like this is one area that he could perhaps still have the edge over Joe Biden, um, projecting that image of strength. Some of his tweets have read, don't be afraid of the coronavirus, don't let it dominate you, Mm -hmm. and the country needs to learn to live with it. Uh, Back in February, uh, 59% of Americans said that Trump uh, was a strong and decisive leader, but as of August, that number is down to 47%. Perhaps he feels he can rally those numbers. Uh, Trump did take off his mask famously now while surrounded by the press when he returned back to the White House. That move has been criticized by doctors, but the White House communications director says it's important to allies and adversaries watching closely to see that he is projecting this image of strength. But Biden, on the other hand, has blamed Trump's irresponsible behavior, saying that anyone who contracts the virus by ignoring masks and social distancing is uh, is responsible for what happens to them. And in the latest Reuters and Ipsos opinion polls, Biden has pulled ahead of Trump in Michigan by a total of 8%. And in the other battleground states of Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, and Arizona, it is now neck and neck. Yeah, it it seems like uh, there still is an uphill climb if you believe the polls here. Uh, Everyone still has trauma from 2016. So Mm -hmm. I I guess uh, there there is going to be a sense of trepidation heading to November 3rd, regardless of what the polls say. Now, a total of 14 people, as as far as COVID-19 is concerned, uh, it has been remarked that the, the spread emanating out of the White House is greater than um, certain countries like uh, New Zealand, for example, uh, in, in, in total. A total of 14 people, as we know so far, have tested positive for COVID-19 in the uh, presidential uh, inner circle. And even as he returns to the West Wing, which a lot of people say, um, epidemiologically speaking, is not uh, the safe thing to do. Uh, generally speaking, though, the building has been more empty and... Uh, we are getting signs of some chaos, but a lot of sympathy also being paid to just the regular staff who are either uh, having to work from home or, if they are there, having to wear full per- personal protective equipment. And notably, some of the people working from home are the leaders of the armed forces, the Joint Chiefs of mm. Staff. They're in quarantine after Admiral Charles Ray, the vice commandant of the Coast Guard, tested positive. Um, so, Trump's back in the White House, and according to aides, it's because staying at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center made Trump feel like he was trapped in a cage for the four nights and three days that he was there. And Sean Connolly, uh, the doctor, the White House physician, said on Tuesday that the president has no symptoms. But on Monday, he said that Trump may not be entirely out of the woods yet. Um, We have seen that with other many famous cases. People seem to get better at first, but then uh, they might turn back uh, again at at near the seven-day mark or 14-day mark. 
Um, it is unknown when Trump's last negative test was. It was revealed he was not tested every day, but that positive test came last Thursday. Uh, on the same day, close advisor Hope Hicks tested positive, so it's equally likely that she gave the president the virus or he gave it to her. Seems like, and, and you may have sympathies or you may not, but uh, with Hope Hicks, uh, with the initial kind of uh, scoop where it was found that she was indeed infected with uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, tossing her under the bus as uh, it, it seemed to imply that she was the initial super spreader, where as you, you indicated, it looks like uh, she may have actually contracted from someone else within that inner circle, maybe right. even the president himself. That being said, we still have a presidential campaign uh, to, to run. And uh, the vote is very much upon us on November 3rd. We've only had one of the uh, presidential debates. The vice presidential debate uh, will be occurring uh, very shortly uh, from here. But the second debate, whether that should be held or not, it is scheduled to be held. However, uh, Joe Biden, once again, um, in terms of trying to convey this sense of we need to be cautious, we need to have Americans and um, be Uh, adhering to CDC guidelines, including social distancing guidelines. And he wants to set an example for that. And he's saying, basically, if Trump is still infected, um, we shouldn't have the debate. Right. Yeah, he's trying to show some top-down leadership being a role model for the rest of the country, saying too many people have been infected and it's a very serious problem. Uh, The communications director from Trump's side, though, says that he still intends to participate in person in the next debate. And and this comes even though the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say that patients are still contagious for between 10 to 20 days after symptoms begin. The next debate would be on October 15th. The only other option Trump has considered is possibly holding the debate outdoors, but the Commission on Presidential Debates is considering other ideas like a virtual debate. And this would not be without precedent. The first virtual debate was held in 1960 with Richard Nixon in Los Angeles remotely debating John F. Kennedy in New York. And if they could do it um, six decades ago uh, with that uh, sort of old archaic technology, you can bet that um, it should be feasibly to done. It's just whether whether the Trump campaign uh, will agree to those terms. Now, he's been embattled on multiple fronts. He is now... Uh, in a bit of a, uh, an argument with the uh, FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to speed up the development of a coronavirus vaccine. Uh, obviously, he wants this released before Election Day, but he has mm-hmm. been emphasizing speediness in uh, phone calls with the heads of the major uh, pharmaceutical companies. Trump went so far as to call some of the FDA's new regulatory rules a political hit job, but he backed down from actually trying to block them on Tuesday. Um, Some doctors have expressed skepticism about the administration uh, getting so involved with the um, developments of these vaccines. Uh, As one said, uh, the vaccine... um, Well, on the other side, we have the White House spokesperson, uh, Sarah Matthews, saying that the vaccine can't get bogged down in government bureaucracy. So both sides have a point. There shouldn't be too much red tape. Uh, But then again, uh, they shouldn't try to rush through something that wouldn't be safe. Uh, Back in July, Trump called Pfizer's vaccine a winner. He's pushing his weight behind that. And the chief executive of uh, Pfizer says that he's going to seek regulatory approval in October. And he says that he didn't want to enter into the political arena, but he said in an internal memo, memo that they found themselves in the crucible of the U.S. presidential election. He has also, in what some analysts believe to be a bit of a uh, politically uh, suicidal move, announced that he suspended talks over a further COVID-19 relief bill, um, maybe precluding his ability to 
cut these checks with his signature on it to millions of Americans before Election Day. Uh, and he's saying this is going to be put off until after his re-election. Yeah, some have viewed this as Trump kind of holding the country hostage, uh, threatening to not exercise his power unless he's re-elected. Uh, Trump has instead told the Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to focus the Senate's efforts on instead confirming Supreme Court nominee Amy Barrett. And McConnell agreed to that, saying that, quote, we need to concentrate on the achievable as a deal with the Democrats was looking too difficult. These talks began back in July with the Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. But Pelosi did take a hardline stance starting from then. But Biden blames Trump in this, saying that he's turned his back now on the American people. All right, we're going to turn away from uh, the U.S. As we say, the uh, vice presidential debate uh, should be occurring in a little over an hour from now. Uh, let's turn to Europe, because the uh, number of daily new coronavirus cases there have been surging. The, the governments of France and Spain have responded with some uh, tough and by now familiar lockdown measures. At the same time, the WHO are warning that uh, coronavirus fatigue is setting in. Mm. Only Germany, Finland, Cyprus, and Norway have been doing okay as of now. They've ex been experiencing less than 20 cases per 100,000 people on a seven-day average. It's kind of a complicated figure, but that's the measure that the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control um, is saying the cutoff is for countries with a high risk of COVID-19 and a very strong impact for, for the vulnerable. France, for one, saw almost 17,000 new cases on Saturday. That's higher than the peak of infections back in the first wave. And in Paris, ICU beds are at more than 36% capacity, with 20 to 30-year-olds having about twice the infection rate of the general public. And so bars have been ordered to shut down for two weeks starting on Tuesday. 40% of these clusters emerging have occurred at schools and universities, definitely because of young people. In Spain, Madrid and several other municipalities have locked down restricting travel, and that came amid a political battle. The conservative Madrid government insisted it had things under control before the federal government stepped in, and the mayor is still appealing the government's order. Uh, meanwhile, a doctor from the WHO has warned that levels of fatigue in Europe were as high as 60% in some countries. Uh, he recommended to combat it, that governments collect evidence of fatigue, track it, that governments and communities work together to come up with pandemic measures, and that some more innovative ways be invented to allow for life to continue under social distancing. And one of the uh, results of that fatigue uh, could be uh, in the uh, emergence of more and more extremist uh, views and polarization of society, which uh, kind of brings us specifically to uh, Germany. The uh, German domestic intelligence agencies revealing that hundreds of cases where police, military and other government personnel actually participated in right wing extremist incidents that violate the Constitution. Right, and we should be very careful about uh, what we're calling these. Um, I'll go into more detail just in a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but this report was called for by activists after several instances of right-wing terrorism last year, like a gunman attacking a synagogue and a kebab shop. And these shocked the public and left them wondering if the police hadn't done enough to prevent them. The interior minister emphasized that 99% of the security forces are firmly anchored in the law, but he did admit that state and society are in considerable danger if an official who is armed becomes an extremist. Luckily, most of these cases are instances of disallowed speech, like perhaps sharing swastikas in group chat rooms, and very few people were actually connected to organized extremist groups. Also, there has been a hard crackdown on these cases as 80% have led to sustained criminal investigations. All right, Nicholas, we are going to leave it there. As always, thank you very much and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, thanks a lot, Henry.